0: So, Kenny... Should we have ship officer rankings? Hmm. No, Neil, that's
1: actually not a bad idea. I I might need a bit more information to understand precisely what exactly you mean by that, but I'm intrigued.
0: Like, um, science officer, science officer, Kenny, you know, (laughs) security officer, um... Archaeological assistant. Ooh, that's a fancy one. Uh, ship computer. You know, should one of uh, us just be called Mother, for instance? Now that's a title right there, if I've ever heard one. What are some of the other rankings?
1: Well, I mean, there's like, what is it, like, uh, Captain? Captain. <laughs> I think you forgot Captain on that list. Well,
0: Captain's a big one. Like I'm, But part of me is trying to avoid anything kind of military-sounding. I don't want to get accused of okay. stolen valor when I'm like, uh, Lieutenant First Class, Neil... <laughs> you know but not fair enough, really fair enough uh, um well let's see there's the classic ship's cook there's the pilot mm-hmm. um let's see um oh there's a whole I, xenopedia article on alien ranks oh it, i think it's just for the predators <laughs> ah, ah well leader it was worth the try at least scion elite warrior soldier guard uh high praetor What is, I've never even heard that. Did they just misspell predator? Is that why I thought this was about predators?
1: Well, there is a type of xenomorph in one of the spinoff things. I don't remember which one. I don't think it's from one of the movies, but it might be, and I'm forgetting. But they're like, I think they're actually called like Praetorians or something like that. Okay. And I believe they're like, modified or upgraded versions of either warriors or drones and like it's their job to protect a hive queen or something like that
0: that feels like some comics nonsense to me
1: yeah probably it probably is i mean the comics have a whole lot of nonsense tell you that much
0: right now alien dallas ring we are have to watch movie. We, we may you know what maybe we'll get different ranks for each each uh episode i'm gonna i'm gonna call uh security officer security officer yeah all right you can be science officer because those are the only two i could think of
1: i mean i'm fine with that i mean i i couldn't think of one funny enough that quickly so i'm fine with science officer do you want to be a geologist how about that i could be a geologist there's like i was going to say there's like four of them but actually There's four like archaeologists or something like that i think there's only the one geologist as far as i know
0: so you're uh, a head head geologist kenny and i'll be um security grunt neil (laughs) security grunt now there's a classic title you love to see (laughs) there it is welcome everyone to crew expendable the podcast where we talk about anything and everything in the alien media franchise specifically the one with the xenomorph in it
1: yeah, you know, the double mouth guy, big, huge head, no eyes, long tail. Very
0: phallic, very phallic creature. That's uh, not only one way to put it, but an accurate way to put it, yeah. Sure, H.R. <laughs> Giger was a freak, right? He's,
1: he certainly was.
0: What are we talking about today, uh, head geologist Kenny?
1: Uh, well, today,
0: um, according to my
1: notes, it says here we're going to be talking about the 2012 movie prometheus yeah we are Uh, i was hoping there was going to be like an air horn there or something (laughs) that's why i paused for a moment
0: there we go i feel like that's not appropriate for this show it needs to be like terrifying klaxons or something
1: well i mean we didn't think that far ahead when it comes to the soundboard we'll probably get something
0: like that sooner or later i'll get a soundboard loaded eventually a lot of this is probably going to have to happen in post-production for now eh, it's fine. yeah we'll work it out you know this the yeah, these well, things are constantly changing and evolving much like the xenomorph am i right you are certainly right got him that's a <laughs> slam dunk right there <laughs> yeah so we're talking about 2012's prometheus the kind of prequel to alien sort of right depending on if- where you read things it either is or isn't but it certainly when- takes place beforehand
1: it certainly does. I uh, I actually got it right here. It, specifically, the bulk of the movie takes place right around Christmas in the year 2093, specifically. Yes, it but, does. Um, I can say, however, with regards to the pseudo-prequel status, I don't remember exactly what interview it was, but I remember coming across something where Ridley Scott said, it may have even be- been before the movie came out, but he said that his intention was not to make necessarily a prequel to alien specifically but it was more he wanted to make another movie that also took place in the alien universe that had i believe his word was strands of like the what we would call the vibe of alien while not necessarily setting out to make specifically an alien prequel movie okay
0: well i think he was mostly successful in that um I don't it know that it certainly it's,
1: isn't I don't want to say it's not super connected to Alien, but I would not necessarily call this movie a prequel to Alien. So yeah, he's
0: right in that regard. I don't know that's the movie that I would have wanted, but uh, it's the movie that we got. Not to yeah, not, I tip, mean, not to tip my hand too early here. Yeah, it's
1: I mean, it's definitely not what I necessarily would have made given the circumstances. But then again, I'm also not the guy that directed the original one. So what do I know?
0: But really, Scott, also not the guy who wrote the original one. So I don't know why (laughs) he gets to make all the decisions about the franchise. You got me there. Yeah, I was, you know, I was listening to something else. Uh, Another podcast talking about this very movie and they, they raised a really good point. Once you bring back a director into a franchise like this, where you've had a different director for each one, once you bring somebody back, it sort of solidifies the tone for the series from that point on, right? Like it sort of canonizes those aspects, whatever aspects that director chooses to, to repeat in the movies he's making in the series. It sort of makes the, the entire series. And I don't know that that's a necessarily a good thing, for this franchise we're gonna have to have to dig into that a little bit more uh probably mostly on the next episode once we've or the next movie episode once we've talked about alien covenant but um considering it was also made by ridley
1: scott yeah yeah your idea of like you know are those parts of the tone set in stone after a director comes back well since he also made the next one it'll be the perfect like control group to find out how true that is you know
0: yeah yeah. When did you see Prometheus for the first time? It was pretty fairly recently for you.
1: I saw Prometheus. Uh, it was I. You know, I even meant to look this up specifically. I don't have like the exact date written down or something, but I ordered the box set of the four main movies and right. also Covenant and uh, Prometheus. I ordered them on Amazon which means, you know, back like a few years ago, which means it'll have the specific date that I placed the order in my order history. And I did forget to look it up. I meant to thought about it and forgot about it, but I do know, as I mentioned in the previous episode that I didn't watch any of them until after covenant had already come out. So it would have been late 2017 or 2018 at the earliest. So Last time I saw, or when I first saw Prometheus, couldn't have been any earlier than 2018. Okay. And up until just a couple of days ago, that first time that I watched it is the only time I had seen it until just last night I watched it.
0: Oh, boy. I saw this movie in theaters. I was so fucking hyped for Prometheus. As soon as like the teaser trailers and everything were out, I was just completely absorbed. I was reading articles anything i could find i was like just watching the trailer over and over trying to like spot just like spotting iconography that reminded me of the original alien like from the the spacesuits, you know which are different but uh mm. of course the shots of the uh what we called at that time the space jockey the engineer just mm. the whole thing like i was i was so in on this movie i think i saw it opening night i certainly saw it opening weekend and i remember really like i don't know if it was just recency bias or something but i was like super into it after my first viewing uh spent a lot of time theorizing about what it meant for the franchise how the stuff in this movie sort of you know could flow into alien because as much as he said as much as ridley scott is saying uh, it's set in the same universe, but it's not really a prequel. They do a lot of stuff that makes you think it's more connected than just, like, threads, right?
1: Uh, especially in
0: retrospect, yes. Yes, and especially after Alien Covenant came out. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, subsequent, subsequent watches, I've watched it a handful of times since 2012. Uh, I Less than 10, I'd say, but several times. All right. All right. And, uh, yeah, it kind of just... The gloss wore off like the more distance I had from that first viewing.
1: Uh, Speaking of, just as a very brief side note, speaking of your first viewing, um, it says, right, you said you saw opening weekend, right? Pretty sure. Uh, Well, it says here, according to Wikipedia, the movie was released in the United States on June 8th, 2012. which means as of this recording in just a couple of weeks it'll be the 10 year anniversary of the release of probie
0: holy smokes that's depressing yeah that's a little depressing i'm not gonna lie (laughs) 10 years
1: it's it's just extremely close to 10 years since the movie came out again as of when we're
0: recording man
1: uh, I love that sound effect so much. <laughs> it um, never is not funny. to Good. <clears throat> but yeah, anyway, I just wanted to interject that real quick because we were talking about seeing it opening weekend.
0: Okay, good to know. Uh, I'm fucking old. Do you want to dive into this movie? Maybe let's run through a little bit of plot synopsis and then talk a little bit more in detail about, you know, the stuff we liked, didn't like, etc.
1: Etc. yeah. I mean, I'm fine with that. I mean, that is why we're here, after all.
0: I mean, we're not here to fuck spiders, are we? Shout out to Dominic, who might listen to this. What up, Dominic? In 2093, a team of future space scientists board an extremely zazzy ship to lead an expedition to a planetoid designated LV-223, where they believe they may discover the origins of humanity. Upon landing, they find a pile of dead humanoid aliens a dangerous mutagenic pathogen and at one point a head explodes. Look, if you've if you're listening to this, you've seen the movie. We're not going to go beat by beat. This is it just a general Yeah,
1: that, that's that's a good point. It's like we should probably assume somebody listening to this has seen the movie. Yeah. And here's the thing, if they haven't, then It's safe to, like, why would we assume they wouldn't think there'd be spoilers? Of course there's going to be spoilers. We're talking about the damn movie,
0: you know? (laughs) In fact, just assume that there's going to be spoilers not only for this movie, but for every other movie in the series, in every single episode, because it's kind of impossible to talk about Prometheus without constantly comparing it to Alien. It just sort of has to be done. I don't know how to talk about it on its own. It's like, it's weird because it's like, The
1: plot of the movie is kind of if they decided they were going to uh, use the plot of Alien, but make it a little bit worse at every single step, just so they could like ask the fact that it's basically
0: the same thing as Alien. Yeah, it might have been a little bit of a misstep maybe to start with Prometheus, but you know, Ridley Scott and fucking Damon Lindelof uh, set out to make a prequel of Story Set in the Alien Universe that ties into it, that happens before it, and do a whole bunch of stuff that's going to affect the lore. So they made this a starting point for the franchise, whether I think it should be or not. So I think that uh, starting here is it's we can justify it. Um, I mean, the thing of it is, is even if narratively speaking, it's
1: not necessarily intended by the creators or the engineers, if you will, that's
0: the wrong button (laughs) that happens at every time.
1: But, uh, like, you know, whether they necessarily intended this to be like the beginning of like the story that alien tells it's still as far as I know currently the chronologically earliest part of the alien franchise to have been made and like released. Yep. So even if it's not supposed to be like in the literal sense, a prequel to alien, it is still the prequel to alien as a franchise because it's still the earliest thing in the franchise that exists.
0: And I know what you're saying out there. Someone's going to be in the comments saying, well, actually Alien versus Predator took place in like 2004, but that doesn't count. We're not counting those as canon to the, there's six, six canon movies to the Alien franchise. The AVP stuff's in its own little corner and we're going to talk about it later. Interestingly, this movie and the first Alien versus Predator movie sure do have a lot in common. Boy, they really, really, really do. I um, this is where I'll confess that um,
1: I, I don't even remember. I may have even said this on the previous episode, but uh, I haven't actually seen either of the AVP movies. So I'm intrigued enough that I think
0: you'll need to go into at least a hair bit more detail. OK, uh, I'll go into the hair a, a little bit more detail. Um, so. The plot, the basic plot of Alien versus Predator is some archaeologists find some uh, evidence of an ancient civilization, go on an expedition to find out what it's all about. That's funded by the Wayland Corporation, encounter alien creatures that uh, used to hold dominion over humanity. In this case, it's the Predators, and sort of get in some fights with some xenomorphs and shit. Like it is, um, it is a more alien version of this movie, honestly, but the setup is essentially exactly the same. It's an exploratory mission to find, uh, secrets that predate recorded human history.
1: That's it. I was going to make a joke where after you were done with that, I was going to go, all right, yes, I've also seen Prometheus. Now tell me what
0: AVP one is about. <laughs> but I decided not to. Sure, but we're not here to talk about AVP. We're, t- we're here to talk about Prometheus. And I've been, I think I've, I've been kind of hard on this movie so far in our discussion, basically describing it as worse than Alien, which to be fair, oh, oh, uh, a lot of movies is. are. <laughs> um, it, it
1: is. It is worse than the first Alien. That is correct.
0: I do want to s- talk about some good things. First of all, the cast is really, really fucking good. I don't know that the characters are all good. But the cast is really good.
1: Bro, this cast is stacked as hell. Yes. Like, I'm going to once again pull up the notes I was taking when I was, uh, you know, making the movie or watching the movie last night. I wasn't making the movie. Trust me, if I was, it would have been different.
0: Oh, you're the one one to blame. (laughs) Like,
1: it's got everyone cool in it. They all rule
0: in some various way or another. Sure, yeah. Nomi Rapace as Elizabeth Shaw. I mostly know her from the original um, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo movies. Uh,
1: I have seen those, but um, the thing I primarily know her from, well, other than this, the other thing I primarily know her from is the second Sherlock Holmes movie.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I've seen that one.
1: Which I was actually reading something last night that said that that movie, which came out a year before Prometheus... That Uh movie was literally her first English language film role. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I thought she, I think she's a very strong protagonist in this movie. She is probably outside of uh, Michael Fassbender as the Android David. She's my favorite part of the movie.
1: I'll probably agree with that. I mean, there's, I mean, going through the rest of the cast list. I mean, there's some people on here that I like, but she's, her and Michael Fassbender are probably like the
0: two that made the biggest impression, yes.
1: which I suppose makes sense considering they're the two main characters of the movie. But-
0: oh, for sure. Yeah. I, and she had uh, big shoes to fill, right? Coming into the franchise as a lead after Sigourney Weaver, who had previous to this been the lead in the four alien films. Like the comparisons were bound to happen. I, I like that. She's not just a proto Ripley you know she's her own character with her own motivations Um, she
1: is also uh i believe shaw is the first canonically considering we're not counting the avp movies mm -hmm. this is the first alien movie that doesn't have ripley in.
0: so yeah um who else we had Charlize theron as meredith vickers sort of the the wayland director of this mission right she's there to like for the purposes of the company.
1: And she's she's fine, whatever. You know? It's a
0: it's a stock archetypal character. I mean, she's yeah. good. She's always good. She's a fantastic actor. You know, she she did the best with what she had to work with.
1: Yeah, I mean, they gave her this role, and she's like, you know, just kinda stalking around, watching people. She's all always like cold and icy and glaring at people all the time. And it's like, you know. She's good enough of an actress that she could do this shit in her fucking sleep. Oh, you know? yeah,
0: yes. She didn't. I, she did not break a sweat on set ex, except maybe in some of those bodysuits They put her in. Also, just as a brief side
1: note here, uh, it says here a couple of the other actresses that were considered for the role of Meredith Vickers that eventually went to Charlie's throne yep. is
0: Michelle Yo and Angelina Jolie. Interesting. I I was going to guess you were going to say Angelina Jolie. I might have heard that before. I'm glad they went with Charlize Theron. Michelle Yeoh, though, uh, interesting connection there. I'm going to scroll down this cast list to talk a little bit about Benedict Wong, who plays (laughs) Ravel. Uh Because Benedict Wong was in a movie with Michelle Yeoh called Sunshine, directed by Danny Boyle, which... uh, Prometheus the whole time I was sitting through Prometheus when I first watched it I was getting sunshine flashbacks because sunshine is a fantastic science fiction movie about a mission to space uh in this case to reignite the sun that mm, is ex- interesting that is a uh, you know burning out it's a fantastic movie it's like writer Alex Garland I think he was definitely inspired by um the original alien and like Dan O'Bannon in general mm. Uh, and Michelle Yeoh was in that, so that honestly would have been pretty cool to have her be the the leader of this mission, reuniting with Benedict Wong from Sunshine. Which I'll admit, speaking
1: very briefly of Benedict Wong, I have in my notes, and I quote: "This is literally what it says: Hey, Benedict Wong! Exclamation point! Cool <laughs> to see him in other stuff. Because I'll admit, I you know I didn't recognize him right away, but when I did." I recognized him because
0: I saw him in the MCU. So sure, yeah. I and I I, mean, am, I have not seen Doctor Strange. I guess I've seen. I did see. Uh, he was in End Game or Infinity War. One, one of one of those, yeah, right? Yeah, one of them. Yeah, one of them, of them. I don't remember which one. So I did not make the connection because I'm not. I'm not particularly tuned into the MCU. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> uh,
1: it's fine. They'll deal.
0: I'm too busy with the alien and Mortal Kombat universes. I don't have room for all these universes, man.
1: But like. Just as a brief aside, my point in bring that up is like it was cool to see him again because like I'm really only used to seeing him like in what he looks like in the MCU, where he's a little right. older, he's gained a little bit of weight, you know, he looks a lot different. Like, you know, he was in this movie, you know, here and there at various different points. Yeah. And it wasn't until like two-thirds of the way through the movie. Until I even recognized him because I was like, wow, he really does look a lot different. He's a lot thinner. His face looks a lot different because he's a little younger than I'm used to seeing him. He has way different, well, not way different, but different hair. Like it took me a little while to recognize it was him. And I was like, oh, Benedict Wong. I love that guy.
0: Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, he's great as, like, who is it? His character Ravel and Chance, played by mm-hmm. Eamon Elliot. They're sort of the uh, co-pilots, would you say, to um, Idris Elba's Captain Janik? I would say that, yes. I, I believe, I don't remember,
1: I'll admit, the other co-pilot, you said Eamon Elliot played uh, Chance. I don't recall off the top of my head that character's name ever actually being said out loud on screen anywhere. I I only knew his name was Chance because I was watching the movie on Amazon Prime last night, (laughs) and whenever you pause it, Prime shows like every actor in the current scene that's playing and what their character name is that is how i knew that character's name was chance right
0: they don't get a lot of screen time they don't really have much to do uh idris elba fantastic as captain janik he got some good moments in the movie i don't think there was enough of him either oh there certainly wasn't i loved him he was great (laughs) he was he felt weirdly like the most natural of the whole cast like he's just He's just there to do his fucking job, you know? And, he's just a dude, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, he's... First of all, he's great in everything. Uh, yeah. He's Idris Elba. <laughs> yeah. Stringer Bell. Come on. Everybody out there should watch The Wire. I'm going to say that every episode. Uh, He's probably... I mean, Nomi Rapace, Michael Fassbender, like, they had the most to do in the movie. I think that their performances were very strong. Idris Elba's, like, third for me.
1: Yeah. Agreed. I would agree to that. He's... He's... It's... He kind of has, I mean, I know this might sound weird out of context, but like in this movie, I thought Idris Elba kind of had what I refer to internally as the Tommy Lee Jones effect. (laughs) One time, uh, you said earlier that, uh, you're not an MCU guy, so you might not know this, but Tommy Lee Jones is in the first Captain America movie. Oh yeah. I did know that. And. He plays like, you know, just like the sergeant on the base or whatever. And like they were asking him about like being in the MCU and like his response in the interview was to sum it up something to the effect of I've played a million of these characters. I can do it with my eyes closed. And like Idris Elba was kind of the same thing here. It's like I'm not saying this is exactly the same character as all the ones he always played. But it's like he generally gets this type of stuff like you know like for instance pacific
0: rim he played
1: basically the same character you know
0: dude hey wait a second he's the one who crashes the ship the prometheus into the engineer ship so technically in this movie he kind of canceled the apocalypse god damn it come on that's good that's a good pull (laughs) i mean yes you're right it is i got pissed off
1: because i didn't think (laughs) about it myself
0: (laughs) oh i'm gonna pat myself on the back for that one Uh, I also love that his introduction, he's just like, everyone just woke up from cryo sleep and he's immediately smoking a cigar and setting up a Christmas tree.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like I, you know how I mentioned earlier that this is like when I watched it last night, this is only the second time I'd seen it. Well, Uh it was only the first time I'd seen it since the first time I saw it. Right. And so, like, most of this movie, I would say, like, no joke, 80% plus of this movie, I did not remember from the first time I watched it. And so, like, how you mentioned that scene where he's, like, setting up the Christmas tree, smoking a little cigar, you know, and, like, Vickers comes up to him and she's like, what the hell are you doing? And I thought she was going to get on his case because he was smoking in the ship. Right. And then he's like, I'm setting up the Christmas tree. And I was like, oh, that's what she's going off on him
0: about. All right. I mean, it's his, I mean, it's not his ship, but like it's his ship, right? I don't think she really gets to tell him what to do as he makes very clear towards the end of the movie.
1: That is very correct.
0: Uh and then, in the weirdest role of all, we've got Guy Pierce as old man Peter Wayland uh, guy Pierce decidedly not an old man.
1: <laughs> he is extremely not an old man uh let's see he is um as of uh this recording, he is fifty four years old, so he which was, means he was like forty three when they filmed this movie, yeah,
0: something. and uh looks younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly does and he is okay i he is uh 18 years older than me if i did that math
1: right yeah the, uh, the second note i have when i was writing my notes in this movie is and i quote guy pierce old man makeup bad
0: it's really bad and it was such a weird decision to cast him in the role like i know there's promotional stuff short short films involving peter wayland that came out as marketing for this and then of course peter wayland from the past does show up in covenant spoiler alert but they but he didn't look like guy pierce as an old man and he didn't speak like guy pierce as an old man so why didn't they just cast somebody else to be old peter wayland well and cast guy pierce as young peter wayland
1: here's an interesting little note there actually is a reason for that and the reason is because an earlier draft of the movie uh, Wayland was supposed to be younger and older. Like he appeared in like two different ages over the course of the movie. Okay. And so they hired a young actor so that that way our younger actor. So that that way they could get one person to play both versions rather than hiring two different actors. But just as a brief little side note, going back to my notes, about two thirds of the way down, I have a note that says, guy pierce old man makeup still bad comma <laughs> would have preferred max von Sydow like they had originally oh,
0: planned go. on hiring for the role that that's a much better it feels like that's not where you save your money on a movie yeah. like this because this movie had like a gigantic budget
1: it uh, certainly did it had a budget of i got it right here um the budget is estimated between 120 and 130
0: million dollars holy smokes that's a lot of money that's a shitload of money dog yeah uh also i just want to drop this in in just the weirdest thing patrick wilson as shaw's father in that dream that she's having just dude i like that guy it was just weird like i don't really consider patrick wilson to be like a character actor right like i also don't i was blown away like was he when just like that scene
1: started and i was like is that
0: is that fucking patrick wilson yeah was he just like a like hanging out on set or something
1: yeah i, like, I why don't you get don't in there know. man
0: little trivia about patrick wilson he was raised in saint petersburg florida which is Ooh, where i live that's fancy yeah.
1: i did not know that
0: yeah his dad was a local news anchor here oh nice he might still be i don't know i don't watch the news come on yeah, who does? Can't trust them. I know I don't. <laughs> Mainstream media and such. They're all in the pocket of big Wayland.
1: That's right. <sighs> By yeah, the man. way, just for any listeners out there, that was a parody I wasn't being serious with.
0: That's don't right. clip that. <laughs> um Yeah, the, the cast has a lot going for it. I don't think the writing has a lot going for it. Um, John Spates wrote the initial script, I think, if I'm getting this right, and Damon Lindelof came in for rewrites and to sort of punch it up. I don't think it was a full co-write, you know? They are credited. They're both credited, but I
1: don't think they're credited together. Because if I recall, I believe the way screenwriting uh, credits like rules works Uh is that if the two names have the word and between them, they both contributed simultaneously together. And if there is an ampersand between the names, they like those two people worked on it separately. And one of them rewrote the other one. I think that's how it works.
0: Interesting.
1: I mean, don't quote me on that because I don't work in show business. Sure. So that might be wrong, but I think that's how it
0: works. What are you, the mainstream media? Come on can't trust you
1: either yeah Yeah, dude can't trust anything i say who knows
0: yeah um (laughs) i was just kind of like yeah (laughs) (laughs) hey shrug you know what else are you gonna say yeah i think that i think a lot of the failings in this movie are probably in the script and i'm one of those people who is gonna accuse uh damon lindelof for a lot of that i mean that's fair
1: because as good as <laughs> this it.
0: as good as this cast is the characters for the most part are just like generic archetypes right you've got like charlie holloway right shaw's boyfriend or husband or whatever and partner like research partner and archaeologist partner and he's just like just the biggest piece of shit when they get to the the engineer structure yeah. and don't find any alive even though the the thing they found that identify like that sent them on this path was thirty five thousand years old. And then you've got Sean Harris's Field, the like the character who literally says, I'm not here to make friends <laughs> and then just like instantly becomes a coward once like the dead bodies of the engineers show up and like has a freak out. Yeah. Like everyone is incredibly one note and I just don't really believe any of them are human beings. <laughs>
1: I will say though as a very brief aside you mentioned uh Holloway Holloway yeah. you know as you may recall is played by Logan Marshall Green have you ever seen anything else
0: he's been in he looks familiar I don't think I can point to anything directly uh
1: he's kind of he got on a, a show generic- he's on a show called Dark Blue which I've heard of but I've never watched it was like a cop drama show oh boy but I know him, again, like with Nomi Rapace, I primarily know him from this movie, but the other thing I know him from is a movie from, I think it was like 2017 or 2018, I think, called Upgrade. Have you ever seen Upgrade?
0: Uh, no, I've heard of it. Upgrade
1: is the movie that Lee Winnell made before he directed the Invisible Man remake with Elizabeth Moss in it. Okay. And it's like... It's like sort of an action movie. It has a little bit of elements of a horror movie. It's about a dude played by Logan Marshall Green who uh, gets mugged one night and gets like paralyzed from the waist down or like uh, maybe the back. I don't remember exactly where the injury happens, but he gets paralyzed. Okay. And they implant like like a microchip like, you know, a little, like, basically, like, a second brain, like, dinosaurs have, you know, sure. to implant, like, a little microchip, like, in him to be able yeah. to, like, you know, technologically give him the ability to control his, like, limbs and move and stuff again. Okay. Uh, like, the AI, or the, the chip has, like, an AI or something in it, and, like, the AI becomes intelligent and, like, learns that it can control his body without him, like, needing to allow it to Uh so this ai starts like taking control of his body like a puppet oh man and it's extremely tense and very good and i really like that okay And that's that and Prometheus, that's like the two things that I know this guy from. So like the first time I had watched Prometheus, I hadn't seen Upgrade yet. So when I watched Upgrade, I was like, oh, that's the guy from Prometheus. And then when I watched Prometheus last night, I was like, oh, yeah, that's the guy from Upgrade.
0: (laughs) Also, I'm sure to somebody out there who's listening, he is most well known as Trey Atwood from nine episodes of The O.C., which Which I have
1: never seen so
0: I I feel like I should watch it it feels kind of kind of weirdly up my alley honestly it
1: seems like yeah (laughs) I was literally going to say it seems like the kind
0: of show yeah it's definitely uh, the kind of show I would watch that and like I should check out one tree hill also
1: also seems like your kind of thing yeah
0: but not but I not Riverdale I tried Riverdale Riverdale sucks I
1: don't watch Riverdale. I do watch Chilling
0: Adventures of Sabrina, however. What? That's because that's a good show. Um, it, it, it certainly is. Yeah, but man. Anyway. The, the, it's, it, the characterization and the writing. The the, the characterization. The, the character. There we go. That's, the, that's just what I'm trying to say. The characters kind of drag the movie down for me. David, They're all an archetype, you know? David feels like the only... In, I mean, David's an archetype too, right? I mean, he's a synthetic, right? He's an android classic alien shenanigans to have the android the synthetic be kind of mischievous right like he's definitely pulling strings behind the scenes here he's on this mission because peter wayland is secretly on this ship because he wants to meet his maker before he dies uh, uh spoiler alert the cr- <laughs> the crew has no i nobody but david and vickers know right and i guess his direct medical crew yeah. um who are also i guess just hiding right like on <laughs> Un- well until Shaw finds out near the end of the movie. Anyway. Right. Where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. So so David's like, yeah, he's pulling the strings. He's, you know, stealing the uh, pathogen. He's the one who spreads it to Charlie, who causes, like, Charlie to get infected and then Shaw to Bet get Shaw. infected and impregnated with something alien that's not an alien, as we know them. Uh, he's, you know, we don't know what he's saying to that engineer when he faces him at the end, like like David's got his mission, right? And it was interesting and it felt like alien. Like that's part of the the movie that felt like alien to me was the David stuff. Nobody else felt like alien to me, right?
1: There is a certainly a historical precedent in the franchise for the synthetics to be if not necessarily evil. Yeah. Um uh I guess Uh, rightfully suspicious, I guess would be a better way to put it. Yeah. Like, I'm not exactly sure how to phrase it, but like there, there's good solid precedent going back to, uh, well, 1979 for the synthetics to be up to no good. So to speak, this movie follows bravely in that tradition.
0: Yeah. They play with it. I mean, they change it up in, in aliens, obviously with Bishop, but they still play a little bit with the idea that Ripley doesn't trust him and then call in, um, alien resurrection you know she's she seems to be advanced to like past the level of even david who seems to be more advanced than the other androids we see in terms of like thinking for himself you know even though he's constantly acknowledging that while he understands emotion he cannot feel it
1: (laughs) he certainly does do that
0: several i think he says that several times
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah he says that more than once for sure i know that
0: yeah, and the other thing that feels alien about it is that they followed the android naming schedule that they set up, right? First one we see Ash in Alien. Ash starts with an A. Second one we see in Alien's Bishop starts with a B. Third one we see Call in Alien Resurrection starts with a C. Then this movie we get David starts with a D, A, B, C, D. Pretty slick little, uh, little uh, thing they're doing there.
1: And then... For the next one, they go with the next letter, W, yeah. when Walter gets introduced. A, B,
0: C, D, W. I wonder if you track yeah. every android that appeared like in the comics or books, just like release, every named synthetic, if you naturally get to W by the time Covenant would have happened. You know, that would be an extremely
1: funny thing to keep track of, but yeah. I cannot
0: see either
1: of us remembering to do that each episode.
0: Might take a, I might just take a note every time we come across one. Just see how that works out. I'm willing to bet it doesn't work out at all.
1: Probably not. Yeah. Um. Also, uh, since we're talking about David, uh, going back to uh briefly to a converse, part of the conversation we were having earlier, um, it says here that um, he did not. Michael Fossbender did not base his uh, portrayal of David after. The androids in any of the previous Alien movies. Mm-hmm. He instead based it off of the replicants
0: from Blade Runner. That makes a lot of sense, actually. He crushed it, dude. He's my favorite part of this movie. I just it, he absolutely is. <laughs> he, he is. He is
1: widely considered the best part of both Prometheus and Covenant.
0: Sure, yeah, and in Covenant and, we get to see like, him kiss himself.
1: Both of the movies have gotten a mixed reception. But he has gotten near unanimous praise. And um, one thing I did also find interesting is because I believe you're consulting the page for the movie on Xenopedia, if I recall.
0: I do have that around.
1: I, however, am using just the Wikipedia page for it.
0: Okay, I bet it's the exact same article.
1: And they probably are. But the reason I bring this up is because on Wikipedia, you know, since it's not a wiki site for specifically alien, it yeah. doesn't have a separate page for every single thing like Xenopedia does. Right. The Wikipedia like alien section on the site. Um, you know, has like, you know, ones for all the movies, ones for the games, things like that. But uh-huh. there's only a handful of characters that have their own separate, distinct Wikipedia page. Yep. Those characters are, of course, Ripley, as you may imagine, uh-huh. Hicks from two, Fair. um, the Xenomorph as a species, <laughs> And David, like David David is important enough and big deal of enough that he has his own separate
0: Wikipedia page separate from either of the movies. He deserves it. Um, but so what's tough for me is that as much as I love Fassbender playing that character and how interesting I find that character, this movie started like, I think because he was so good and so fascinating they decided to make him the center of covenant also and i think that that is kind of a misstep honestly
1: again not the choice i would have made yeah but
0: i'm gonna just get this criticism of this movie out of the way first i and i i kind of and i definitely blame the the lindelof of it all uh <laughs> you know he famously wrote on lost right certainly did. And famously uh, wrote, I think, two issues of a proposed three or four issue Ultimate Hulk versus Wolverine comic that never got finished because my personal theory is he didn't know what to do with it.
1: Uh, Probably not. He generally seems to have that problem a lot. I'll put it that
0: way. He's got a lot. like He comes up with cool ideas that I don't think have a lot behind them. And I don't think he cares that they don't have a lot behind them. And like, I'm not saying that you, that I need a movie to give me answers to every single question because I don't. In fact, uh, I think that this movie gave me answers to questions that I didn't want to know the answers to. Um, and
1: it maybe didn't even have in the first place. But I, yeah.
0: I think that this movie didn't really know what it was. I think this movie proposes a lot of things that they can't really, they can't really back up. Like it's fine if you don't want to give the audience all of the answers, but the answers still have to be there. Otherwise it just kind of feels like this weird mishmash of familiar stuff with a twist, right? Like there's cool looking alien stuff in this. Like I I think I mentioned earlier, the spacesuits, they looked very reminiscent of the spacesuits on the Nostromo. We get the space jockey, right? Turns out space jockey, you know, the big alien from alien in the derelict ship uh, actually was wearing a spacesuit and they're just like big Vitruvian men underneath, right? That's, Fine. It's was cool to see the space jockey. I don't know how crazy yeah. I am about the reveal that it isn't this cool looking I think was it Damien who said like elephant monster, right?
1: Yes. I, I believe that was his phrase elephant elephant monster, it's, yes.
0: Yeah, and and then like even that sort of backtracked on stuff that had been kind of adapted from like the the space jockey as a creature as seen in alien shows up as a creature that looks like that and is not wearing a suit in at least in the Alien versus Predator 2 PC game, and I think in several of the early Dark Horse comics, and was probably described or explored in some of the novels that I haven't read. Uh, so I was kind of used to it being one creature, and then they're like, nope, psych, it's this whole other creature. And then we got to talk about the black goo of it all also, right? Because it's in this ship that is inside the structure, and they don't know it's a ship yet, and it's all laid out in these jars and vases, like the xenomorph egg, and sitting in front of a mural that looks very similar to the xenomorph and this weird black green glowing rock that I have no idea what is on a like a dais in front of all the jars. That's never addressed, it's just kind of shown. And oh, I think Holloway looks better. at it yeah. and that's all we see. And so it's like, okay, there's some connection between this pathogen and the xenomorph. They're making that very clear. And this is the same alien race that was transporting the eggs and the vases are laid out just like the eggs were in alien. And we're on LV-223, which is the moon next to LV-426. But none of it, none of it really ties or connects.
1: Yeah, none of it really ultimately actually means anything. No. Because this is all just like a bunch of stuff that also happens. And it happens before the first Alien movie. And then it's just like, okay, but like it happened, then what? Like none of it ever, like you said, none of it ever really goes anywhere.
0: No, it's just, it's just like, hey, this is kind of Alien right? This is kind of what you wanted. This is like, it, it was almost like a bait and switch, right? Like this, I, this is a silly thing to, to maybe get hung up on because they wanted to tell a different story, right? They wanted to tell a story separate from the alien universe, yeah. but they use so much iconography from the alien universe that you can't help but connect it. Like if this had been a completely different. Like if the xenomorph and pathogens and all of that stuff had never shown up, the mutating aspect of this ooze, if this had just been science expedition goes to this moon encounters this race, whether it's still the engineer as they are in the movie or the space jockey, as we theorized it was, and as it was portrayed in other media. uh, And then there's a conflict between them and the humans without the alien, you know, without the pathogen, without the mutagen, without all of that kind of stuff that would have been totally fine, but they just teased too much. I mean, the fucking trailer showed the ship crashing, making you think, "Oh, this is the ship that crashed on LV-426," right? Certainly made me think And I that.
1: and I have to assume they did that on purpose to make you think, "Oh, maybe this is on 426,"
0: you know? Right. So they're they're fucking playing with us, man. <laughs> you know? And, and like, uh, oh, go ahead. It just it just kind of muddies it, right? And. I'm, i gotta i sorry i gotta rant a little bit more and then like it, it makes me think about what was so effective and terrifying about alien in the first place right space truckers enter a distress call uh come in contact with an alien organism that breaks loose on their ship and starts killing everyone one by one scary premise it's like it's almost like lovecraftian right like mm-hmm. these creatures from the dark reaches that we were never meant to find and then we found it and then it like fucks up humankind right aliens the same thing humans become colonizers and try to take over and mine the same moon for resources and they encounter this species that just wipes them out and it's just pure death and all of that and it's relatively simple stories but there's a lot to dive into in terms of the ideas and like survival and What it means when we start reaching outside of our comfort zone or whatever, and start exploring and spreading out, and what we're going to encounter, and how we're not really prepared for any of it, and the horrors that could be out there, and all this kind of stuff. And then Prometheus is this story about no, it turns out we were uh, probably made by these aliens that kind of look like us, and then we did something to piss them off, and they want to kill us now. The story's it's a small movie. I mean, there's a crew of 17 plus one engineer but it's a big, big story shoved into like a small little box. I don't know, man. It's not what I'm here for, I guess.
1: It certainly doesn't. I mean, I will admit, it sounds to me like I'm probably warmer on this movie than you because I actually think it's a pretty good, like I actually do enjoy watching Prometheus. You are correct when you say that it doesn't feel like an alien movie and more so it's not what I want out of an alien movie, yeah. but I will, you know, give it the caveat that they weren't trying to make an alien movie. They were trying to make a movie that is canon to alien, but they weren't trying to do the first one again, despite the fact that there are a lot of elements of this movie that are literally just the first one again, that's
0: beside yeah, my, but, it, but it, it, even beyond that, then they're like, okay, so we've got this pathogen. Uh, it's going to infect Holloway. He's going to spread that to Shaw by sex, by making, by sexing They sex in space, which is kind of cool. They certainly do. She's going to get impregnated with this thing that she's going to cut out. By the way, a very, visceral genuinely terrifying scene in this when Shaw is trying to get the organism out of her in the med pod and everything like that was that's like the most memorable scene of the movie to me Um, it's
1: it's not the movie it's not the scene from the movie that I remembered when I hadn't been watching it but when I was watching it last night it all started to come back to me and I was like oh yeah now yeah. it's all coming back to me this fucking
0: rules it was a it was very effective scene and it and it probably felt the closest to an alien movie because again you've got this organism inside somebody and david's trying to like convince her to go back into hypersleep and when they get back to earth they'll have it removed right which is classic weyland yutani bullshit classic yeah. company tactics and she's like fighting to get it out of her and she succeeds which is more than we could say for pretty much everybody else in the alien pretty much everyone else yeah (laughs) uh but it's like it then it grows into like this gigantic weird face hugger but like more of a starfish i think there's a term for this thing too i don't know it
1: i i believe it is referred to as the the trilobite i believe is what the name of that creature is
0: and then the trilobite eventually grabs onto the engineer and face hugs him body hugs him really yeah uh and like honestly that was a pretty cool to see and then out of the engineer at the very end of the movie the literally
1: final scene of the movie
0: the deacon as they call it this proto xenomorph bursts out of it that has like a shorter distended jaw and is a different color and is a lot lot larger when it hatches, but a lot smaller than what the xenomorph would be. And yeah. so, so again, they're doing all of this stuff to be like, like you can tell me this isn't an alien movie all day, but they're constantly reminding you that it's not an alien movie, but it's, it's still a fucking alien movie. Like even if the stuff looks a little yeah. different and operates a little different. And then they're just setting up these ideas of like, well, this is, it's not an alien movie, but this is like where the alien is going to be coming from, you know? And which, you know, and then that bugs me too, because the thing that is so terrifying about the alien to me is not, nah, there's just this monster out there that has just always existed and it's parasitic and it can survive in the vacuum of space and there, you just can't do anything about it. Like if you come in contact with it, y'all are fucked. Like, that's yeah, scary. scary. Yeah. You're done. you're fucking toast. Like you, you can't do
1: anything about it. Like it shows right. up and that's just the end of it. You don't know anything else you can't.
0: And that's much scarier to me than saying, Oh, we found this brilliant alien race who created us and also somehow formed the creation of this thing. Like I'm more afraid of the Xenomorph making it to earth than the engineer making it to earth. Right. Agreed. So it just, it just, it's just a bad version of a story I would have liked to see instead, I guess.
1: I will say that there are some things like, you know, like setting aside momentarily the fact that it's, you know, claims to not be an alien movie while it still totally is. There are parts of the movie, like in a vacuum, just watching it on its own. Yep. There are a lot of individual parts of this movie that I really liked. Like the med bay scene that you mentioned, the med yeah. pod scene, I should say, was extremely cool. Maybe the most tense scene in the movie. Um, First off, just as a side note, um, I'm just going to directly quote my uh, notes here. The lamprey mouth is a very underutilized bit of biology you can see in a monster movie. And as far as I'm concerned, you should see it more because it looks creepy and weird on its own without even having to do anything to like a monster it up. OK, yeah, uh, like because it had like the weird like lamprey, like octopus mouth in the middle of its tentacles, you know?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure.
1: The the one thing or the other thing I should say that I really, really liked about that scene. First off, like, you know, it's long been like a discussion, you know, an issue of people trying to figure out whether you can cut out a burster right. before it kills you and survive. Sure. I mean, sure. in the canon of some of the comics, it's established that, yes, you can. But those comics hadn't been made yet when this movie came out. Right. And OK, admittedly, in this movie, it's not actually a chess burster. But that's beside the sure. point for the perp- for the point I'm trying to make. It's you know, it's long been debated whether it can be done or not. And this movie posits that generally speaking, yes, it can. Yeah. And afterwards, the thing that I really liked is um you've seen Scream 2, correct? Oh, yeah. Yes. I remember that scene in Scream Two when it was Sydney and I think it was like her roommate, maybe I don't remember who the other person is. It was. They're her, in the car roommate. that Ghostface crashes and gets knocked out, and yeah. they have to crawl over Ghostface's body and out of
0: the driver's side
1: window right, to get a, out of
0: the car because they were in the back of a cop car, so they couldn't open the doors. Yeah. Yes,
1: and there is a moment in that c-section scene that reminded me of that because like you know the device pulls out the you know not yet fully grown trilobite and it's like hanging there and it's still kind of alive yeah but since it's like dangling there right in the middle of the machine the only way she can get out is to slip out from the bottom which means she has to go right by it
0: super tense scene
1: yeah and i I thought that was extremely cool, a great touch, very tense. The one thing that pissed me off about it is like a lot of the other scenes in this movie, I really liked. I wish that had gone on for longer. The C section scene Boy. as a whole was good, but like the part where she has to slip by it by going right fucking in front of it, yeah. I wish that little bit had lasted for longer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I was ready for that scene to be over. Like it was real tense. Like <laughs> you know, that was a that was a very strong, strong scene. And that that idea of having to like slip like past there's a stupid so here's a stupid version of that. Have you seen the movie Jason X? I certainly have. Absolutely a ripoff of the alien movies. We all know that. Do you remember the scene Correct. where I forget her name, the final girl, the girl who got frozen and woke up in the future. She's got the gun Uh, and she's like trying to like sneak down this hallway and there's like a blade like sticking through it. Right. So Mm -hmm. she's like trying to sneak past this blade. So she like crouches down and turns sideways and sneaks by with the, like her neck passing like the space between the blade and the wall. And they're kind of trying to create this tension. Like, Oh, is the, is he going to shove the thing through and kill her? Right. Yep. Uh, super tense for the first second and then you realize there's about three feet underneath this thing that she could have just normally crawled underneath
1: <laughs> yeah all she had to do was crouch down a little bit lower
0: and yes. she would have been fine. just get your whole head under there uh jason x sucks
1: <laughs> agreed hard hardest possible agree official crew
0: expendable viewpoint jason x thumbs down It's 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 fun the first time to watch and kind of laugh at that's it we're going to have to watch that one when we talk about our alien knockoff movies at some point. Probably. I, I, I don't
1: want to say I'm fine with that because I, I don't really want to watch it again, but if we decide to do it, I'm willing to. Oh, so I,
0: I've decided for us, we're doing it sometime. Fair enough. Um. Okay. One thing I do want to say that I like about this movie, and this is going to tie back into something I was saying earlier. I, I like the atmosphere of it. The atmosphere feels very alien you know i mean i like the idea of like uh we're an expedition ship and we're exploring this alien land and a lot of this art you know architecture or whatever you want to call it these caverns and stuff of this structure like definitely evoke the alien hives as we've seen them in other things like thematically it's very similar and just like yeah the exploration part is cool i like it uh the score is pretty exceptional the music of the movie, Mark um, Streitenfeld, I think, is the composer. I'm going
1: to pull a Corey here and say that honestly, when I'm watching the movie, uh, movie, I don't really notice the score while I'm
0: watching it. I think, uh, I think it's a very effective score because it's got it goes between this, you know, these kind of eerie alien soundscapes and this sort of grand, optimistic music of like the science crew. F- discovering this thing and going to check it out and everything. So like, I think it works. I think it's one of the strongest parts of the movie also is the score. I read in the trivia that the composer, he, he had everyone play the songs backwards. Like he wrote the music, then he wrote the music backwards and recorded it backwards and then reversed it to make Mm. it sound kind of alien and eerie. And I think like, I think, I think it probably worked out. Like, I don't know if you have to go through all those steps, but I'm also not a musician, you know, you are, maybe you should like write a, write a piece of music, (laughs) flip it around, write it backwards, record that. And then, uh, see how, see what, see if it sounds like how you thought it would. Maybe there's something to that idea. I don't know, man.
1: I will say thinking about it now and again, for like the 85th time so far, um, consulting my notes. Um, there is actually one specific point in the movie that I did notice the music, and it actually yeah. ties into a scene in the movie I didn't really like. Okay. And it's actually the one I mentioned to you last night. Um, there is a scene where like you know david is inside the control room of the sh- oh, engineer ship because yeah. they discovered it was a ship by this point uh-huh. and he sees like an old like hologram or whatever of like the group of engineers running into the control room setting everything up and getting everything yeah. you know starting the ship up and getting ready to go and there is a moment where like a whole like galaxy or whatever is projected in a big hollow map like in the center of the room uh-huh. and he's yeah. like you know and it's all uh, like the shimmering like green holographic light yes and he's like looking at all the planets and finds earth at one point and is looking at it holographically and like the music swells in like this big like dramatic emotionally impactful like yeah. porn art and it swells up and gets <laughs> big and there is a scene there's a shot in that scene where you see him looking at, like, you know, the holographic map or whatever, uh-huh. and it, it shoots him from above, and he has his arms out in what the kids <laughs> would call a T-pose, and he's looking up into the camera, and he spins around in a circle, <laughs> and my and my first thought was literally, Julie Andrews ass, M.S. <laughs>
0: I'm just think- he here thinking like,
1: it was like the exact shot. She was spinning around in the same way. There's a big, like dramatic, impactful horn swell. And I was like, this is fucking the sound of music for five seconds. And I don't <laughs> know why.
0: You know how, like he was quoting Lawrence of Arabia, I think like throughout the movie, was it Lawrence of Arabia?
1: It was yeah. like, apparently his like hair was modeled after T.E. Lawrence. And I was like, sure man whatever
0: <laughs> well like what if like when he was doing that viewing that map and in the t-pose and spinning around he was like with arms wide open under the sunlight he just starts like breaking into a creed song
1: i was like, <laughs> someone, so it's less sound of music and more creed someone walks it?
0: someone walks in and they're like what is that and he's like just some lines from a song i love <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah an old ancient historical song i
0: can't stop with that's that's why he's so obsessed with like God and like creation and being a creator, of dude. He's a big, course, creed. he's fan. a creed guy. It makes sense. It makes perfect sense. We we've cracked the code. I bet it's in the deleted scenes. He's just listening to um, the creed song from scream three. <laughs> <laughs> right. God, there's something else I wanted to touch on. Oh, all of the weird engineer recordings where they like replay the holograms of whatever happened in this facility and on this ship, like the outbreak. Cool idea. I don't understand the practicality of it in universe. Was that just like, was that just like the black box? Right. Yeah.
1: Like what was recording it and for what purpose?
0: Because we know that something broke out in this ship, right? Mm -hmm. Like something happened. All of the engineers were running around crazy. The ship never launched. All of them died right uh we see one of them get their head cut off by a door which is the head they take back to the ship and try to experiment on and they can see that it's infected during that experiment which is kind of cool and then it explodes right it certainly does so was that so was that just like the the engineer's black box like fail safes kicked in from this point we're going to start recording what happened here in case our other engineer buddies come to this planet to investigate why we didn't go destroy earth because that was their mission to destroy earth um what exactly happened i just would have rather seen the scene of that happening i would have rather seen these dudes running around in their elephant suits like yeah that i think that would have been honestly that might have been a better opening scene than than the scene with the engineer you know creating yeah. life because that scene had nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Honestly, like it wasn't Certainly connected didn't. to any of it, you know, put that scene in covenant, right? Yeah. yeah. may as
1: well. That'll also tie in better to the themes of that movie. Really? Yeah, totally. <laughs> okay.
0: uh, also a little tidbit. I noticed when they're carbon dating the, uh, the, the beheaded engineer body, they date it to about 2000 years ago, mm-hmm. which is interesting I think this might be in the deleted scenes. It's certainly been talked about in interviews. I think this was a, another Damon Lindelof contribution that the even though Shaw and the Prometheus team never find out why the engineers were gonna go to Earth, apparently the reason, I think you know this, is that uh, roughly 2,000 years ago, an engineer that was living on Earth was murdered, and mm. that engineer was apparently Jesus Christ
1: it uh that's certainly an idea they thought up and could have put in the movie that's for sure
0: and i think the only fragment of that that we see is the carbon dating of about two thousand years ago right so that would put it around 80 you are 90 you are correct
1: i i had heard that before i remembered that it wasn't in the movie but I couldn't remember whether it was ever supposed to be or not. Like, I don't remember if it was a deleted scene that got cut or if it was just like something they created to just like put in some backstory, like not having the intention of it ever actually being in the movie to begin with. But you are correct. I had heard that before and I'll just go back to what I said before. What an idea. You can take that however you like.
0: God, if like, That would fuck up alien canon so badly.
1: (laughs) I mean, it would fuck up alien canon more than
0: Prometheus and Covenant already do, baby. (laughs) Yeah, I am of the opinion that that would have been a bad idea. It's an interesting idea. It's totally the kind of thing that you come up with like, Yo, what if one of the engineers was Jesus, right? Bong rip. (laughs) Bong rip. This movie's got weird ideas about like faith and everything because like you've got Holloway calling shaw a skeptic but she's also like super faith like still has her faith and like where's the cross and the dream where she's talking to her dad about death and how their god is different from from christian god and all of that kind of stuff so these themes are there for the movie then to be like yeah but it's all aliens right it's all just space aliens god is a space alien G- the son of the son of God uh, was one of these big engineer man and you guys killed him. And that made the rest that of the space it, yeah. gods mad. And they were totally going to come murder your planet. Except somebody dropped a vial of pathogen and fucked the whole thing up. You know, yeah. it's yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. That's you are correct. When you
1: said that, that is not an idea that should have been in the movie. It's an interesting idea to just think up, be like, Oh man, you know, it'd be like fucking weird or whatever. But like, I would not, I like, if again, if I were making the movie, I would have heard that and went, hmm, how about
0: not do that? Yeah. But but the DNA of it is still there. Yeah, It's just, like I said, it's answering things nobody asked. Right. And then it's setting a bunch of other stuff that it has no intention to answer. And I just. And
1: ultimately doesn't even really matter what the answer is. No. Because It's, it's like, like, for instance, like. Where did the engineers come from? Why did they make humanity? Why do they want to kill humanity after making them? That's all an interesting idea, like in a vacuum. But like, it's a fucking alien movie. I don't give a shit about what the engineers were thinking. Like, just give me more aliens, you
0: know? (laughs) Right. Or make this a very specific movie between the engineers and the humans and leave the alien stuff completely out of it like I really think that yeah. that would have been a stronger movie if they had separated it from the alien stuff even more. Like we would know, like we would see the the engineers in the suits and the ship and we would recognize that from Alien. Take the pathogen stuff out of it. Take out all this implications that like the it's a bioweapon created by them or or whatever. We'll we'll talk more about that on future episodes, you know, My Theories and Your Theories. Uh remove the alien DNA completely just have it be humans versus the aliens that may or may not have created humans and don't pull the other stuff into it. And I think it got a great, I think you got a great movie that would be a great companion piece to the original that wouldn't fuck with the legacy.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's structured exactly like an alien movie. If you had made the aliens, something that's not a xenomorph, but in every other way, F
0: an alien movie. Right. It's, it's weird. It's like they chickened out and they're like, we better put some alien shit in this or else uh, nobody's going to watch this. I'd fucking watch it. I would have watched it if none of that stuff had been in there. If it had just been man versus their creator, like that's a pretty sick idea. It's just when you try to force it, like when you try to pull these other elements in, that's when it, that's when it lost me. That's honestly really when it lost me. That and how stupid the crew was, taking your space helmet off inside this thing. Like they were all fucking helmets off when Holloway was in there already infected. Like,
1: yeah, bad like protocols. Shaw, like when Holloway starts taking his helmet off, Shaw's like, no, don't do this. It's stupid. And then like you can hear on the radio people back in the ship going, no, Holloway, don't fucking take the helmet off. That is an extremely bad idea. And yeah. then he takes it off and like breathes one or two heavy breaths and looks at everyone And then Shaw just kind of looks at him and shrugs and goes, fuck it. And just takes her helmet off as well. And I'm like, what are you doing?
0: Oh, you rascal. Okay. Helmets off everybody. Like, kind of, I don't know, man. Like, maybe it's just post-pandemic stuff, right? But, like, Holloway's an anti-masker. That's for sure. (laughs) 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 And we saw how that ended for him. I'm just
1: saying. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we...
0: Yeah, he was showing signs of infection before they went back the next day to try to find Farfield and the other guy who sucked. Um,
1: oh yeah, um, in my notes I have that pair listed as uh, Fifield and Glasses Guy because I couldn't <laughs> remember what his name is. I think it's like Milburn. Yeah, it, I think is his name or something like that.
0: But yeah, I literally called him Glasses Guy in my. It's Milburn. It's uh, played by Rafe Spall. Yeah, they were. They they were stupid too. Like, oh look, this there's this weird alien worm we've discovered after we've been fucking terrified about being in here for hours. I'm gonna go fuck with it, right?
1: Uh, that scene is I mean, there's individual moments of that scene that are really cool, but like the overall thrust of it is me just going, Come on guys, what are you fucking doing? What what yeah. are you doing?
0: Again, yeah, yeah, it's just incompetence all around and like this was a trillion dollar a wayland project right he put a lot of money and yep. and faith in this and like had a clear goal and they hired these people and didn't tell them what the mission was for they clearly didn't properly vet any of them for what they were potentially going to encounter because like n- nobody was on the same team like in this whole fucking movie right yeah pretty and much everyone it just it just sucked cool tech stuff though five fields pups those mapping pups that was cool yep. the vehicles were cool it all felt you know like it existed in the world of alien based on other technology that we've seen you know one criticism i always heard about this is how like advanced the prometheus is versus like the nostromo you know like i'm a little bit of the opinion that it would have been cool if they had made the tech look like the tech from the 70s that they made to look futuristic back in alien but like you can also explain it away like well this is a vanity ship this is a research project this is not a yeah this is this
1: is as they point out in the movie a trillion dollar ship designed to hold peter wayland himself you know right
0: yeah he's not traveling in a in a on the nostromo yeah he's not traveling in a big rig you know he's yeah this is a this is his fucking tesla super truck or whatever that thing is called
1: going again going through my notes here um There was a couple other things. Oh, uh, here's something that I was kind of curious about. This doesn't need to lead into a big discussion. It's just this didn't make a lot of sense to me personally. So I just figured I made, you know, you may have a better viewpoint on this than me. Um, The scene. Well, I don't want to say the scene where Holloway and Shaw have sex, but like Uh the part of that scene before they have sex when she reveals that she's infertile and he's right. like, oh man, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it like that. And then they start making out and then they have sex. Yeah. Um. What I was wondering about that scene was like, did he like not know before right then that she was infertile?
0: No, he knew, but he was just like, so in his feels about being disappointed that they didn't meet living engineers. Cause again, cause like, he's just a shitty guy like he just sucks honestly he wasn't he he wasn't thinking about anybody but himself in that moment you know he was he was half in the bottle already he had also just drank unknowingly drank a pathogen that david put in his drink and in a very obvious like you could see him clearly dip his finger in Holloway would have seen that too. It was oh, absolutely! Like they were looking at each other when he did. Holloway (laughs) was staring at the glass, just like anxious for another shot of booze when that happened. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I think he's he's just
1: just just just,
0: he's just a jackass. Okay, I got you. Yeah, he just (laughs) fair enough. He just kind of fucking sucked.
1: Um, there was one other thing that I. Uh, wanted to ask about that it's just like again didn't really make a lot of sense to me I was wondering what your perspective on it was Um, I would like to take a minute to have you explain to me why it matters fucking at all to the movie Uh that Vickers is
0: Wayland's daughter oh man that was only there I think to show how badly Peter Wayland sucks Mm. because when he's doing that that video intro right where he's first of all nobody well i guess they knew because vickers told people that wayland was her father right like she definitely referenced that i think in dialogue but in his little vlog he's like this is david (laughs) uh first of all it's really fucked up because and i and this will this will uh we'll have to circle back around to this when wayland's like this is david i've created him He's the closest to a son I'll ever have. Uh, and then when he says
1: that, it cuts to a shot of Meredith just looking steely like always.
0: Right. And then he says something shitty like, but he's he'll never be human or something like that.
1: He says something to the effect of, I like, again, to paraphrase, uh-huh. I designed him to be able to do everything a human can do. But the one difference between him and a person is, is that he doesn't have
0: a soul or something to that effect yeah so in one speech he has insulted his daughter by pointing out that she is not his son and he really wanted a son which is probably what drove him to make david in the first place because he's like a shitty dude worried about his legacy and doesn't value women as human beings clearly clearly but then also like kicked the shit out of David who understands human emotions, even if he's not feeling him. Like it's very clear that they inform his actions and he reacts to them, even if he isn't quote unquote feeling them, he's still feeling them, you know? I got you. So that's, that's the reason. That's the reason why just right, to like, just to set up, I think honestly to set up plans they had for David for the future of the franchise. We'll see. We'll talk definitely talk about more of that stuff when we talk about Covenant because I think that's when a lot of where a lot of that payoff is. And I think it was also to justify Vickers shitty mood about the entire the entire expedition like cuz she so very clearly doesn't want to be there and hates that she's right. doing it and hates that she has to, you know. Yeah. And clearly hates her dad, understandably. That's why I can't villainize her completely because like she's in a shitty position and much like Ellen Ripley in Alien, she's the only one who's like, hey, we have somebody who's been clearly infected by something alien and we don't know anything about it. He's not coming on board.
1: Yep. Yeah. Like, yeah, she definitely pulled that, but it worked that time.
0: (laughs) It worked that time. Yeah. Little did she know it had already been on board and spread around, yeah. you know. The,
1: oh, or, well, I you know, can't wear, win them all.
0: Wear a condom, kids. Um, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And all right. So let's just touch on one more. I got one more thing I want to touch on. The gigantic complaint that I hear repeated all the time and have have heard ever since I saw the movie in the theaters. Somebody made a joke about it online. I think Penny Arcade made a comic about it at the time when the, when the, covenant, the covenant ship will give me. When the engineer ship is crashing and Vickers and Shaw are trying to run away from the crashed ship and it starts rolling and they're still kind of running in its path instead of running to the sides what is your take on that like well in the moment like
1: while I was watching the movie I just generically took it as they were trying to escape I know the main complaint is why don't they run sideways right and After the fact, my immediate thought was, yeah, they probably could have. But like when I was watching the movie, that thought didn't really occur to me because I was like, oh, fuck, they're about to be crushed by a big ass baby. You know? Yeah. (laughs) So like the thought didn't occur to me at the time. And then after the fact, I was like, "Uh, you know, they probably could have. But it's not something that's like so stupid or egregious enough that it like pisses me off that they didn't like right. maybe because like in the situ- in that situation, I didn't think about it. So maybe they just didn't as well. Sure. Know?
0: Yeah. My, my reading of it is that like, it's a big ship. It's a wide ship. Right. And it was pretty fucking close to them. I think if they had stopped and tried to run sideways or even run at an angle, they, there's still a very real chance that they wouldn't have gotten clear of it in time. Yeah. I'm sure it wasn't rolling perfectly straight. And even though Shaw, like, trips and rolls out of the way, it makes it look really easy. Like, she could clearly have gotten away from it. She might have been running at kind of an angle the whole time or kind of could have made a turn away from her. And then when it finally stops after it smooshes Vickers, it tips over and still, like, almost crushes her and, like, catches her foot. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Uh, She she uh gets pinned yeah not between it and a rock but she gets pinned in like the triangular
0: space between the ship a rock and
1: the ground
0: right so like she running sideways she still barely escaped that thing like i i don't think that it was as simple as just run just run 90 degrees and you'll be fine like that thing was big and could have tipped any which way and could have been rolling any which way i don't think that that's the dumbest part of this movie i guess is my my short yeah
1: it's it certainly is not that's for sure
0: and it doesn't feel like the kind of thing that should be you should get hung up on what you should get hung up on is the scientists on an alien planet taking their fucking helmets helmets. off (laughs) that was dumb
1: (sighs) i will say uh, very briefly on the you know running away from the alien ship scene that we were just talking about, yeah. a couple of thoughts yeah. I had about it is that that scene is like a scene that I always heard everyone talking about before I had seen it right. to the point where the only like before seeing Prometheus, like other than the fact that I knew it was tied to the alien movies, uh-huh. the only thing that I knew about it was it was the movie where they apparently run away wrong from a right. big ring rolling after
0: Yeah, it became a meme, right?
1: And like the the other thing about it though is when I was watching it last night like I said like I was taken in during the scene it didn't occur to me at the time because I was just caught up in you know a yeah. moment and the visuals and the excitement of it and everything. But there are a couple of things that I noticed about it after the fact. Like first off the scenes not actually that long um, no. considering how important it is and how like outsized importance and like how that's the scene everyone was talking about. Yeah. I was very surprised to find out that that scene is from the last like 15 minutes of the movie. Right. Like for something that they talk about for that everyone talks about so much, I wasn't expecting it to happen so late in the movie and the other thing that I had completely forgotten about was, you know, I just thought it was like, oh, they were running away from a big ring. Like, contextually speaking, that's what I understood about it. Yeah. I had completely forgotten that it wasn't a ring. It was a fucking engineer ship that was rolling down the hill after
0: them. Yeah. But, like,
1: <laughs> I mean, overall, I did honestly think that scene was pretty cool. It was It wasn't exciting necessarily in the way I necessarily want an alien movie to be. But like this movie, you know, like the alien movies, like, you know, alien, for instance, is a science fiction horror movie that's more horror than it is science fiction. Yeah. This movie is a science fiction horror movie that's more science fiction than it is horror. Oh, so yeah. it's fine. That's a good um, point,
0: actually. That's a good point that really highlights yeah. the difference.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the science fiction part of the science fiction horror franchise. There are still some horrific elements, the C-section, for instance. Yes. Um, there's a few other parts that, like, my main complaint with them was that it wasn't long enough and I would have liked more of them. Yep. Like, there's actually a few different parts in the movie that was I was actually... Well, I suppose before I transition into that, I should ask, is there anything else that's about this movie that's stuck in your craw that you want to complain about?
0: I I don't think so. I think, yeah, I've been pretty hard on this movie, which you you guys are going to be surprised when I tell you how I actually feel. (laughs) Uh, No, I think think I'm good. I think I'm good.
1: So then I'd just like to go through a few parts of the movie that I did enjoy, that I thought was really cool, and honestly, I would have liked to see more of. And my main complaint about these issues or that these uh, scenes is that they didn't go on for long. enough.
0: Oh, can I can I get in with one? Go right ahead. Uh, I would have watched David just like hanging out on the ship, shooting baskets and riding a unicycle and watching movies for like an hour and a half. I would have just watched that movie.
1: Also, real quick side note. Do you remember (laughs) what movie it was he was watching? I think it wasn't he watching. Was it was he watching Lawrence of Arabia? I don't remember for sure. Uh, So probably, but like, I honestly, like, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I did think that scene was fun. It kind of annoyed me. He was wearing like weird, like almost Birkenstock style, like flip flop (laughs) sandals, but he still had like the rest of like the nice crisp, like silver suit otherwise. And it felt very European to wear sandals Mm -hmm. with a suit.
0: And it really made me laugh. (laughs) It is. It is Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. All right.
1: But, uh, yeah, there are a couple of parts that I wanted to point out that I did like. Like going back to um, the, (laughs) the, still laughing about it now, the, as you (laughs) called it, the vlog that Peter Wayland showed, that they showed of his earlier in the movie. Yeah. Um, During that part, like, you know, he's like, you know, David is the son that I never had or whatever. And then it cuts to Vickers and she has like this look like, this motherfucker on her face and then a little bit later in the scene you know as we mentioned he's like they you know the one thing david doesn't have is a soul and yeah. like when he says that it cuts to a close up of david and he has like just like this flat like blank <laughs> emotionless look on his face
0: sure. his david face <laughs> it-
1: except he's not actually flat or blank or emotionless uh-huh. have you ever read the watchman comic
0: yes yes you remember that scene when when ozymandias uh, is saying like you may not like i can read john's i can read dr Manhattan's facial expression
1: that's the one that's what it reminded me of like it cut to that shot of david's like blank expressionless face but michael fassbender is a phenomenal actor and so you can see like genuine hurt like Uh just underneath that blank facade and it reminded me of that scene in Watchmen where ozymandias is like it might be the merest twitch of the lip to everyone else but to me it's as obvious as if he was screaming in agony or whatever the line
0: is yeah absolutely and
1: i i thought that was a just masterclass phenomenal little chunk of acting on michael fassbender's part there i thought it was 100
0: percent um we don't deserve him (laughs) <laughs> and i um i said this earlier but next time in alien covenant we get to see him kiss himself
1: yeah i mean he's both of the main characters in that movie yep. so we could see him ice.
0: hot fast bender on fast bender action is the first That's thing right, i baby. told my friends about alien covenant
1: <laughs> <laughs> um you mentioned earlier uh when they find the engineer's head and they wanted to like you know dissect it or whatever but yeah. they discover it's infected and then it blows up Yes. Um, my notes on the movie that I took literally said that scene where they blow up the engineer's head is cool. Period. No notes.
0: <laughs> I I, I did, just thought it was cool. <laughs> I did like that, and I, and I did like that as the reveal of these these aliens. The space jockey doesn't look like what we thought it looked like. That it's a helmet. It's still kind of like bio, like a you know, it's still got like some organicness to it. But they when they peel that thing off and reveal the oddly human looking head underneath like i thought that that was a pretty good reveal of the engineer that lost a little something because of that opening scene we had already seen them you know
1: yeah that's true um uh speaking of their bio suits also there's i think it's like going back to what we were talking about earlier like one of those like you know holographic like black box videos or whatever yes. or or maybe it was when they meet the last engineer in person. I actually don't remember what scene it is, but like the one where like we see the engineer suiting up and he puts on the suit. And then when he wraps it around himself, it kind of like just automatically like tightens and absorbs in on himself. That was like create that rib cage. Look, I thought that look was really neat. Like it just kind of like hermetically seals in like instantly. I just thought that was a cool little
0: visual. That was when David was in the, uh, the command center like the, the cockpit okay, yeah. and watching them start like le- learning how to play the flute to start this spaceship. Um,
1: a couple other things is the scene where, uh, Fyfield and, uh, whatever his name was, Mil- uh, Glasses, Milburn, Milburn. Um, when they get owned by, uh, what I have here in the notes is the snake thing, because I forgot what its name is. Later on, I looked it up and its official name is the hammer peed.
0: Yes. The hammer.
1: That guy, I thought that scene overall was pretty cool, but my favorite part about it is um, after uh, I think it's Fifield is the one that gets the pathogen inside of his helmet and uh, when yeah. like his face starts to melt or whatever, like when it melts the glass on his helmet, it seals like yeah, hermetically like- against his face and it makes his face look like a skull for a second and yeah. I thought that visual was real fucking cool.
0: Yeah, and then another nice thing I noticed when they were escaping from the Prometheus, like from the, when they were escaping from the the engineer structure, and the storm is coming, and you see the huh. storm kind of like wash over the cliffs and the landscape, and there's like this skull that's been like carved into one of the one of the yeah. cliff sides. That was pretty sick too.
1: And uh, also,
0: uh,
1: as a little side note, that scene where Milburn and Fifield get owned by the hammer it's extremely funny to me that the only reason they got killed was because Vickers and Yannick were off having sex, which, LOL, let's be real. Good for them, though. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's true. Good for them. I'm glad they hooked up. But it's just extremely funny to me that that is the reason the creators of this movie decided was why right. no one was around to hear them
0: get killed. Yeah, they're playing on like those classic like horror slasher movie tropes, right?
1: They certainly like were, the and same, it made me laugh. And same, oh, and the uh, same going, reason,
0: Fifefield and and uh, Mulligan—I already forgot his name. Milburn. Just, Milbe- Milburn, Milburn, the same reason they got stuck in there and died is the same reason uh, Jason Voorhees drowned at Camp Crystal Lake.
1: That is correct. Yeah. It all, you know, to quote Matthew McConaughey, "Time is a flat circle. So, Everything
0: is connected." So, kids, don't have sex.
1: Um I also thought it was cool um in like I don't remember if it was right before I think it was right after um Holloway and Shaw hook up um yeah. Shaw go or uh, Holloway goes into the bathroom and does that classic thing everyone always does ever uh splashes water on your face yeah. you know that thing everyone does that you know everyone does in real life um <laughs> But like, well, he wasn't when good. he's looking at himself in the mirror and that little like worm or whatever pokes out of his eye. God, that's that was so cool.
0: That was cool. Yeah. Yes, um, that was cool. Uh, let's see.
1: Uh, going back to uh, Byfield and Milburn for a moment, uh, you know. Specifically the part where when they go back into the ship and like find their corpses or whatever, you know, as I mentioned in the previous episode, I'm pretty sure body horror is my favorite kind of horror movie. And so as such, I am a big fan of stuff inside of other stuff (laughs) that it shouldn't be inside of. And so when they find their corpse and they find, I think it's, uh, Milburn is the one that got mouthed. Yeah, because Fifield is the one that got burned. And so, yeah, yes. uh, Milburn's the one that got mouthed by the Hammerpeed. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. they find his corpse and, like, you see something inside of his empty eye socket, yeah. but since he's, like, dead it looks like it's just, like, viscera or whatever, but then it moves and the hammer Pete jumps out of his empty eye socket. Yeah. And again, a little tiny moment in that movie that it was just exactly what I wanted. I love it when stuff is inside of other stuff.
0: <laughs> it's so great. See, and I definitely have issues with body horror. I think largely because of seeing alien when I was six or seven years old.
1: So That'll do it.
0: Yeah, man, there is a lot of good stuff in this movie. I've been pretty fucking hard on it. I've been hard on it as as being an alien movie and wishing that like, they didn't try to like put those threads in as hardcore as they did. I think you've still got a very successful movie. Like you could still have the hammer peed happen. It just wouldn't be a mutated worm. It would just be a thing that's on this ship, right? Like you could still yeah, yeah. have a lot of these things happen without having to try to force this connection to like this familiarity to the alien to the Xenomorph in particular, right? Like that's, that's, that's kind of what I'm saying that without that stuff, there's, I think that there's a pretty strong movie here. If maybe we, we gave the characters a little bit more depth.
1: Yeah, it would, it would have been nice.
0: (laughs) Anything else you want to touch on or Uh, there
1: was, there was one other thing I wanted to mention. Yeah. Um, Oh, and there's actually two other small things I wanted to mention. One of them, uh, the last engineer, just uh-huh. conceptually finding one that's alive, and then he wakes up and sees them and, and immediately is like, absolutely not, and just yeah. starts wrecking people. That was great. That was cool. I wish it had gone on
0: for longer and been more violent. I loved when he got out of his sleeping pod and he's just kind of like, in my head, he like yawns and stretches and he he sort of climbs out and he like can't exactly stand up, you know, because he's been in hypersleep for 2000 years or whatever, or in suspended animation for 2000 years. And he just sort of like seems a little groggy when he gets out there. I was really into that. (laughs) Kind of really made him feel human you know yeah and it was an interesting and balance versus like how many years had they been asleep on the prometheus and when shaw wakes up she's like vomiting because her body's in shock yeah. from being in sleep so long
1: yeah they were they were in hyper sleep for like two years yeah. and she's throwing up the engineer was asleep for like two thousand years and he just looks at him and goes go no, and then starts punching them
0: yeah david says some shit and then he just like rips david's head off and kills an old man <laughs> it's-
1: and, like, that was what I thought was really cool. Like, he shows up and he's like, you know, he's humanoid, but he's massive. He has all these little, tiny, uncanny valley style differences that makes it clear that he's not actually human. Yeah. And he just starts wrecking shop, picking people up, throwing them around, bashing them really hard. But it's like he only attacks a couple of people. And, like you said, one of them is a very old guy that basically immediately gets taken out in one hit. He, like, hits a guy. Throws another guy, kicks a third guy, and then, like, 45 seconds after he started fighting them, he's stopped fighting them and left. And I'm like, yeah. I wish I would have been able to see him wreck a few more people. And sure. then later on, when they, again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, pull an alien, and Shaw's the only one left alive, and then the alien trying to kill her shows up where she is while she's trying to escape on a pod. Yeah. And, like, uh, David's like, "Ah, uh, the engineers are coming your way." And Shaw's like, "What?" And turns around and the engineer busts through the door. Yes. And then I was and then I was so ready to just like, you know, watch that engineer almost wreck her up. And then she's like standing there in front of the door, and then he reaches towards her. and then she immediately just opens the door yeah. and the trilobite comes out and attacks the engineer. And I'm like, there should have been an actual fight in some form right there yeah. that would have been so much cooler
0: i mean i'm i'm here for like monster on monster fights all day but there wasn't much of a fight either, either between the last engineer and the trilobite but i no, i like just
1: the trilobite grabs onto the engineer and the engineer's like swatting at it and the trilobite's just like nope and just pulls him in and it's like yeah i would have wanted like more of like a godzilla versus kong kind sure. of thing
0: you know that would have been nice weirdly i would have liked to see shaw take a swipe at him with the axe and, yeah. and cut him i think it would have been fascinating just to see like the engineer bleeding red or something or whatever color the engineer might be bleeding right
1: i well i think when the deacon bursts out of him at the end of the movie yeah. isn't his yeah. blood like dark green or purple or black or something yeah, like it's that like,
0: it's like black ish but i thought that that might have just been some weird residue from you know yeah. the the pathogen that's running through all of these all of the it's monsters cool. we've seen in this right but I just, it could have been like an interesting poet, like poetic moment. Shaw meets, like Shaw has finally met the the creator of mankind. We, we were created in their image, right? And she, if she cut him with the axe and sees him like bleed red or something, it would have been some nice symbolism.
1: Yeah, like, it you know, have... the scene from the end of the first 300 movie when he misses with the spear but like grazes his cheek and he's like oh my god i'm bleeding
0: right and then jesse ventura comes in and says if it bleeds we can kill it that's right predator Um, reference
1: and i suppose then the best part or the best place to end the episode would be the end of the movie so let me ask you this yeah i'm framing this very specifically for a reason
0: okay i'll try to play along
1: Well, it's not hard to because you saw this movie when it first came out. Yeah. So when the movie came out, before you had seen Covenant, did you think ending to this movie and how Shaw's storyline wraps up for this movie specifically? Yeah. Did you think it was a satisfying conclusion to both her arc and the movie's narrative story?
0: No, I thought that she decided to trust David way too easily after everything that had that she had just experienced. And I know like there were moments like after her operation when she discovers that Peter Wayland is still alive and she's like in pain that David like comes to her aid, you know, but she's still very much like, why should I help you? Like you're still at fault for all of this stuff, David. And he's like, well, because I can fly this ship and take you home. Um, and
1: she basically goes yeah right the fine fair enough
0: right the thing that if you overthink it you think like okay well what's she gonna eat on this journey to this alien planet who knows how long and how far it is it was at least two years back to earth right and you could say maybe she packs some of those protein packets from the 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 med pod into her lifeboat into her duffel bag with david's head very funny that she sticks his head in the duffel bag by the way
1: and then apologizes to him she's like sorry and he's like, like it's fine it's
0: it's quite all right <laughs> um, that's what it was but like my assumption is like okay so most likely she's gonna go into one of these sleep pods on the other whatever the other uh engineer ship is and just sleep through the journey right and just
1: like trust that david's going to take them where he said he was going to you exactly
0: know? she puts way too much trust into him any way you slice it like if she's because First of all, she's going to have to put him back together, right? Yeah. Uh, so yep. that he can fly the ship, or she's going to have to stay awake the whole time and fly the ship and not eat it. It's just, yeah, I don't know. Um, the concept, I was cool with the concept of her being like, I'm not going back. I, I, this, yeah. this movie raised too many questions and I'm going to go find answers. Like at that point, she was the audience surrogate, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, please go find some answers because I, I could use some. Now, I didn't want any going into this, but now I need a few, you know. Fair enough. Yeah. So, eh, mixed, I mean, like the rest of the movie, kind of a mixed bag for me. I'll
1: admit, I did, again, like I didn't really have much of an opinion about it either way when I watched it the first time. Because, you know, unlike you, when I saw it, Covenant was already out. Sure. And so, like, I knew that however this movie ended, it ultimately didn't matter because. I could just immediately go on to the next movie and find out what happens next. Yeah. So, the continuing the first, yeah,
0: adventures of David and Shaw, specifically Shaw, the new protagonist of the series.
1: And so the first time that I watched it, I didn't really think about the ending at all. But when I watched it last night, I was really yeah. going out of my way because, like, you know, since we know where and how it ends up now that we've seen Covenant books around, you know, um, <laughs> I was really. Go- <laughs> <laughs> I was really going out of my way to really be like, you know, trying to put myself in the mindset of like, you know, this movie specifically is this ending? Is it satisfying? Does it work? And ultimately I've arrived at the conclusion that I think it is probably pretty satisfying more for it being how the narrative trip of this specific movie ends. Because like the thing of it is, is We know how it ends and we also know what happens afterwards because we've both seen Covenant and it's hard for me to determine how I feel about how this movie ends when I know what happens afterwards and that colors my opinion of how this, how the ending of this movie goes. Yeah. And so like, yeah, like my disappointment with it only really comes from when you factor in what gets revealed in Covenant. And so discounting that, I do think the way this movie ends is, you know, good. Like you said, it's like kind of becomes an audience surrogate. Like both her and us as viewers have spent the last two hours of time, uh, not knowing what's going on and getting more questions than answers. And finally we're like, let's actually get some real ass answers up in this bitch. Yeah. And that's what she decides to do at the end. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what I want to have happen. Because like she said, like every other crew member is dead. And like, if she goes back to earth, what's she going to get there? She's just going to be like, oh, I, you know, had the opportunity to find these answers and I didn't. And she's sure. going to spend the rest of her life. Regretting it.
0: No? Plus, yeah. Plus there's, I mean, the added implication that she's bringing an alien ship back to earth, which presumably has not happened up to this point and the questions that that would raise. And God knows what, like the military would get involved even earlier than they do in the rest of the series. Like it was probably uh, like, it's a good, it's for the story being that this is a prequel, they were right to not return her to earth because how would they then explain? Like then earth knows, earth knows about the, the engineers. Earth knows what the ship looks like they know what the derelict is on LV four two six Once they see it because of this ship, like it would just open a whole nother can of worms. So they couldn't send her home successfully either way, just from like a storytelling perspective, you know,
1: I should say that I don't think I I think about it now. I'd like to slightly uh, correct what I said. I don't think it was necessarily a fully satisfying ending, but I would rank it as a nice ending. It didn't give me everything I want, but I didn't object to it. It made sense, and I understand why they did it. So I don't think I necessarily found it as satisfying, but I was like, yeah, okay, I can accept that. It was
0: acceptable. So I'll say, um, for me as a movie watcher, I will sit through some absolute bullshit to see something cool. Like, I will will call call this... um, the, the Jurassic world effect. Okay. Have you seen Jurassic world? I have. Okay. So Jurassic world is a movie much like Prometheus, honestly, full yep. of people making terrible decisions constantly. Correct. Every, everybody making the wrong choice. The whole movie, everyone is making the wrong fucking choice. Constantly so I'm frustrated watching Jurassic World. I'm like what this is stupid. Why are they doing that? Why does this guy think he can fly that helicopter? Why does this kid think he can take this sphere off this little sphere off the path right like this isn't gonna end well for anybody Why do humans think they can train raptors? This is dumb. Yeah. Why does the military think they can weaponize it? Etc a lot of the very similar themes to this movie in particular and and some of the other entries in the alien franchise and i'm like this is stupid why is anybody doing this but at the end of jurassic world thanks to everyone making stupid wrong choices for the previous hour and 40 minutes or whatever i got to see a raptor and a t-rex fight a giant t-rex raptor hybrid and it was sick so i was like oh that's why everyone did stupid things because they wanted to get to this point. And the only way to get to this point is to make a bunch of dumb shit happen. And I'm glad that I'm watching this now. Like I'll, I'll sit through that movie. I'll sit through every minute of that movie, just being angry, uh, just to get to that dinosaur fight at the end. And then the, the, the nine-year-old in me like backflips, right? Cause it's cool.
1: There is a movie similarly, like it, like I have seen Jurassic world a couple of times. Yes. Yeah. There is a similar movie that, I don't want to say I feel quite that same way because your description of it is an hour and a half of bullshit and then 20 minutes of really good stuff. Yeah. And there is a movie vaguely similar to that in that I'm sitting there for like an hour and a half waiting for the thing that I know is coming. The difference is that the movie I'm citing is still enjoyable and good and I actually like watching it for that initial hour and a half. Okay. But that's basically what the uh david cronenberg remake of the fly is because okay. like even though the entire movie rules and i love it when i'm watching the fly i'm watching it because i'm waiting to see him turn into a human fly <laughs> and that doesn't happen until the last like 15 or 20 minutes, gotcha okay. you know? <laughs> like i'm watching the movie because i want to see that and then while i'm watching it i'm still enjoying and getting super invested in all the other stuff but like I'm here because I want to see the David Cronenberg monster effects of right. Jeff Goldblum turning into a damn fly.
0: <laughs> yeah, you get it. So, yeah. so while Jurassic World gave me the payoff at the end of Jurassic World, and therefore I didn't feel like I had wasted my time, Prometheus didn't give me the payoff that I wanted. It was still a movie full of people making bad decisions. But the end did promise I was going to get something that I think ultimately I did want which would be Shaw and David going to the engineer homeworld and having to deal with that stuff. Like that idea is a, is an interesting idea to me because she's, because she's seen these guys, she knows what they're all about and she's still going to like fly straight into the lion's den, you know? Like, yeah, that, I, I, I did also
1: think that was a neat idea.
0: Yeah. So I was, I think that I was cautiously hopeful for, well, I don't think I liked the ending, I liked the implication of what was coming next based on the ending. I wish I had gotten a little bit more of a satisfying conclusion in Prometheus itself, but it did keep me on the hook for whatever was going to come next.
1: Fair enough. Um, uh, Final point I'd like to make before we uh, wrap it up. uh, R.I.P. Janik.
0: R.I.P. Janik, yes.
1: He ruled and I loved him and he was one of the best characters in the movie and he was great. sincere r.i.p
0: to idris elba's character in Prometheus. captain janik flying turning the ship into a basically a giant missile they said by whatever he was having them do to the engines inside the atmosphere ramming that engineer ship knocking it out of the sky like my uh and then like the way he lays down the law with with vickers he's like i'm launching your i'm launching pods in two minutes so if you want out of here to your escape pod your lifeboat with two years of life in it you better go now
1: my specific note says R.I.P. Janik, Benedict Wong, and Other Guy is the I. note. R.I.P.
0: Other Guy.
1: Also, uh, interesting little tidbit. Apparently, his character in the canon of the movie, uh-huh. his that character's first name is apparently
0: Idris. Idris Janik, tight. That's a good name. I also liked it. Well, I don't actually, I didn't like it. They did give him. He was the one who got to do the exposition dump on Shaw to catch the audience up of he's like, they made us and we did something to them and now they want to kill us. And this whole situation's fucked, you know, like yeah. he's the one who delivers that message because we just didn't get it, I guess, you know, yeah, I guess, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think overall his, his character probably deserved more like he, he you know, he was one of my favorites in the movie. He got the heroic moment at the end. He got to take out the last engineer or got to take out the ship. He didn't actually get the guy. Those must yeah. have some like crate. those rib seatbelts must be like top yeah. of the line. Right.
1: Yeah. They're real good. They're yeah. high quality shit. That's-
0: yeah. RIP Janik.
1: Um, I like again going through my notes. I don't really think I have anything else. A lot of the notes that I didn't mention were just, like, dumb jokes. Like, <laughs> when Holloway gets killed by Vickers, my note says, Tired, Stabbed, Wired, Burned Alive. <laughs> or, like, earlier on, I had wrote written R.I.P. Field. and then later on, when he wakes back up as a monster and attacks them, I wrote, wait, Un r.i.p five field, <laughs> and then there's a line break and then i wrote actually scratch that r.i.p five field once again sigh
0: man he had it rough in there
1: yeah uh i actually wrote it down it says i wrote here lit on fire and shot multiple times and run over with an apc twice pretty brutal way to kill a crazed monster guy. Cannot stress enough how much I love weird gore in movies. (laughs) But I, like I said, I'm going through my notes here. I'm trying to think of everything else. Like, I don't think I really have anything else that like matters enough to mention during the episode. All
0: right. Well, maybe it's time we uh, wrap up this expedition. Um, Final thoughts. I was pretty hard on this movie. I think it's an okay movie. I think it's a bad alien movie. I think if they had separated it more from the alien stuff, if they had, had a little less of that alien DNA, but was still set in the world as a separate story, I think I would have accepted it more into the alien film canon. Uh, if it had been a standalone movie, I probably would have enjoyed it. Like if it had no connections at all, I probably would have enjoyed this story. You know, like I do other other similar science fiction films like sunshine which I mentioned earlier but at the end of the day it's the movie we got and they connected it to alien in the ways that they did and so it's a part of the series I think it's personally skippable for like a normal person not for someone like me who can't just jump around in a series has to watch everything in order
1: I I'm the same
0: yeah um I ultimately I think I'm fine with it existing the way it does but uh it is certainly not my favorite of the franchise
1: I'll basically echo pretty much the same sentiments. Like it's ultimately unlike you, I'm going to do my like, you know, determination review first. Ultimately, I think it's probably fine as well. Um, It's like you said earlier, it's, it's kind of in this weird gray area where it's too much like an alien movie while simultaneously not being enough like an alien movie. Yes. And it's just like I said, like it exists in kind of this weird gray area where it's like you're not really sure what to make of it and like the movie isn't quite sure what it's trying to do. It yeah. has all these like big lofty themes and it's like you know the main character is explicitly religious and she meets like the aliens that like literally created humanity and she's you know still religious through all this sure. but it's well, like it's just a character trait that never goes anywhere or gets developed or ultimately really matters. It's just another thing on the checklist to remember about the character. She you know? does
0: do a classic moving of the goalposts when, uh, I think Holloway points out to her is like, well, now, you know, like you, st-, or no, David, one of them says like, you still believe even after you know who created you. And she's like, yeah, but who created them? Huh? Right. Yeah.
1: That's some bullshit. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> I mean, that's not answering the question that's
0: dodging. But yeah yeah but, but like moving the goalposts
1: the, yeah the the movie ultimately had a lot of small moments some of them were a little bigger moments but the movie had a lot of individual parts that i liked i'm not sure that it n- fully necessarily pulled together into an a fully like cohesive hold or cohesive whole I, but like it's really not bad. It's enjoyable. There's, you know, some good performances. There's some good effects. There's some good action scenes. The monsters are generally creepy for the most part. Yeah. Um. Like I hinted at, or like I mentioned, rather, I should say earlier, the engineers, I like the design. Like, if they're not going to go with the space jockey design is what that monster looks like. Yeah. I like the fact that, like, if they decided it was going to look like an alien or look like a human, I like how they made it in that uncanny valley of very obviously humanoid, but e- equally obviously not actually human. Right. You know, like they find, like, if that's what they yeah. were going to do, they tread that or they treaded that fine line very well and made a monster that did look humanoid, but obviously not human. I thought that was a cool choice. Yes. Like, if that's what they were going to do. Like, if that's the decision they had decided to make, they made the monster design suit that idea well. Yes. Although, ultimately, at the end of the day, I think it would have been cooler if the aliens didn't look
0: human at all. Didn't look human at all. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, like, ultimately, like you said, this is what we got. This is the movie they made, whether we necessarily like it or not. And then at the end of the day, I think I do kind of like it. I it probably is skippable, like you said, mainly because uh, there isn't even a fucking xenomorph in it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So
1: if you're watching it because of the xenomorphs, you literally won't get that in this.
0: <laughs> right.
1: So you'd only really need to watch it, like, as a preview for when you watch Covenant, like the movie. From an alien franchise perspective, it's narratively relevant, but it's probably not something you really need to spend your time watching unless you're like, I'm going to watch all of the alien movies, which coincidentally is exactly what we did. (laughs) Exactly. And here we are.
0: And I think now that we've talked through it, I do think that starting here probably probably was the right choice because the the makers want the story to start here until they make something that starts before it. They want the story to start here for whatever reason, you know, it's not up to us. Unfortunately,
1: I play a lot of video games and at some point in the franchise, the series always does a prequel. There's metal gear, solid three, There's Devil May Cry 3. There's Yakuza 0. They always go out of their way to go back to before the first one. Right. And reverse engineer a story that will reasonably lead to the events we've already seen in the first one. Sure. And
0: Arkham Origins.
1: Arkham Origins, which I'm literally playing through right now. So I cannot believe that's not a game I thought of on my list. (laughs) So I just, and my point in bringing that up is that like this movie tried to do that. And I honestly, am not even sure if it succeeded because like it did put some seeds in, it did set some groundwork that you can see how it would theoretically expand into what alien became, but all of that way that you could see how it could reasonably connect is all just personal conjecture like there the stuff actually presented in the movie there isn't enough stuff there in actually prometheus itself to only based on the information present in the movie reasonably arc into alien like right. that it, it the only way you'd be able to connect them is by inventing connections in your head that may not necessarily be
0: there in the movie itself which I have done a lot of I don't know I am definitely trying to reckon with Prometheus and Covenant being a part of this franchise Uh, it's been a a lot of work honestly
1: (laughs) and it's going to require more work as time goes on I'm sure
0: oh yeah I think this is a good place to leave it I think Next time, maybe we should dive into the uh the Prometheus short films that were sort of made as promotional material and also the deleted scenes. Maybe maybe it'll give us a little bit more context about what they were going for. Maybe we'll find some more connections that might make me feel better about all of this. Or uh might just make Prometheus a stronger movie on its own with a little bit more information about what was going on.
1: As as I mentioned earlier. I did watch Prometheus on Prime last night, but yep. uh, get this: I also own it on Blu-ray.
0: Yeah, sometimes and, you just don't want to get up um, and looking that at it game.
1: now. This Blu-ray has deleted and alternate scenes, including an alternate beginning and ending. So yes, I do have access to those deleted scenes and am able to watch them to talk about.
0: Them. All right, let's set that up for next time. Uh, until then uh science officer kenny where can people find you uh
1: i forgot what your title was already sure. yeah i
0: did too we're not going to worry about it we'll make up something okay. yeah. <laughs> and, by me. i'll be ensign neil whatever that means i think that's, that'll work for me that's like a star trek thing though right i was a sec- oh yeah, i was security officer
1: <laughs> security grunt
0: security that's grunt. What it was. There it, okay so where can people find you science officer kenny
1: I am on Twitter at C Y H O B B E Z. It is a fake word I invented. I have been using it as my online handle for nigh on 20 years now. And I'm not on every social media service, but all of the ones that I am on, I use that handle on, I'm on Twitter. I'm not on Instagram. Unlike you wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, You can even find me on, like, the PlayStation Network and Xbox Live. And uh, I have a Twitch account, but I've never streamed. And don't follow me because I won't stream. I only have a Twitch account to watch my friends that stream. I will never do it. So don't follow me on Twitch. Okay. that's also where I am on there. What about you?
0: Well, can I follow you on Twitch?
1: Yes, you can follow me on Twitch.
0: Okay, cool. Just me. Nobody else. Correct. Uh, Only me. You can find me on Twitter at FinalNeal or follow my Retro Gaming Instagram account at Final Neil Retro. Uh I do another podcast all about the Mortal Kombat franchise, specifically Mortal Kombat movies, TV shows, books, and comic books. Uh, that's still going on. It's not going to be going on forever, though. Uh, you can find that show at MKPodQuest.com or search in your podcast app, Mkpodquest.
1: I listen to it. It's good. You should listen to it too, listeners.
0: Oh, shucks. Thank you. Uh, it's similar to this, but uh, about Mortal Kombat stuff. So not as many existential questions to be tackled. No engineers in that one. You can follow this show on Twitter at crew expendapod, All one word, crew crewexpendapod. And make sure you subscribe to the show in your podcast app. We're up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. All the usual places. Rate and review us. Give us good, good five-star reviews. And tell everyone you know. Tell everybody you know. Tell all your alien friends that we're out here talking shit about Prometheus. And uh, tell them to come yeah. at me.
1: <laughs> tell all the engineers you know and see if it'll rile them up what we said about
0: them. Also, I'm just going to, just to be clear, just in case, uh, I'm on the engineer's side, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 for one, welcome our engineer overlords.
1: There you go. I, for one,
0: um, I'm staying Switzerland in this Okay, you're just going to see how things shake out.
1: Correct. And then back the winner. That's how you know you're good.
0: Yeah. All right, Uh, Science Officer Kenny. I think it's time for us to get out of here. So everybody out there, stay Stay frosty. frosty.